Hey man, welcome back. Thanks for 303k. Things just seem to be getting more, uh, <clears throat> things are getting, getting kind of hectic. No, it's about time. I put, but I did post on Midas Touch Live Sesh and I tagged Midas Mighty a lot more now and always Midas Touch and I've been spreading on Facebook. I noticed 15%. Y'all are coming from Facebook, so I'm doing more Facebook posting, tagging Midas Touch. Of course, I'm a Midas Touch producer, and um, keep meaning to apply. I need to apply. I want to be a producer. It put me, you know, just like pay me per story. It's a good idea. Just uh, anyway, let's go to democracy now because I am a producer I want to be <laughs> staff let's see democracy now productions Sam Alcoff senior TV producer Contacting Sam Alcoff. Um, Nermeen Sheikh. She was, uh, it's kind of like the Statue of Liberty. Kind <laughs> of very, um, <clears throat> I, I don't think I ever, she, we never chatted when I was interning at Democracy Now! for. Three or four months in 2009. And, um, yeah, and thanks to me, interns now get a little stipend, little lunch money. You know, I think it's like 10 bucks a day or something. Which is better than zero, which is what, um, the interns had anyway yeah and um the the uh half the staff i got on like a uh, house on fire with the other kind of like standoffish little uppity um like no mean you know just uh you know she doesn't, she does a great job, don't get me wrong, I, I have a lot of respect for her work, but, like, personality, you know, I'm talking about personalities, like, whether or not I clicked, people, definitely Robbie, and, um, um, uh, what's that really nice guy, um, I almost, did, he, they almost let me, he almost let me stay at, um, with them, but, uh, but when my housing fell through because of my contact, uh, I can't remember his name, but, uh, but Robbie Car Karen and I used to hang out and, uh, he's really cool. And I got him, uh, some cigarettes from Taiwan. I sent him, uh, I sent him a whole, uh, he called a bunch of packs of cigarettes, a whole uh, thing of cigarettes, long life, 
cigarettes. <laughs> Chong show. Anyway, so that was, uh, I should do, I could do a whole podcast about my experience, kind of cool experience working at Democracy Now. Uh, at least an intern. I did film intern and I put together like the breaks, you know, on Final Cuts. And so I produced like break videos with the music and then I archived all the, all their music that was coming in, that had come in and all the movies that came in, all the document, awesome documentaries. Wow. They have, she has an incredible archive. And I was, I'm their archivist. I was also an archivist with the state department. That's how I could build myself. Be your archivist. I'll help you put your all your files in order. <laughs> so I'm just organized like that. So yeah, that was um, kind of a cool experience. So I ended up living in uh, Bedsty, Bedford Stuyvesant. Bedsty, and that's where um, many famous Spike Lee stars and Hollywood and produce, uh, you know. Um, I just noticed somebody mentioned Bedsty in uh, in a song the other night. What was it? Anyway, let's. I thought it would be cool to maybe we'll check check. Midas touch seems to be spiking more frequently now. It has it's had like four spikes now, and then on the fifth one, it kind of went down and back to the top of the lower spike. I mean the half spike, and then before going up again, which is and it was at the same level. Let's see, judge makes unprecedented acts against Trump at court. Mm-hmm. Two hours ago. Don't uh, get my hopes up like that. Wait, hold on. I'm going to get a picture of that. It looks like the Fed has just declared war, war on Americans. Americans. Oh, good. Because if they... Because if they... Watch the legal they're... breakdown. So, Glenn, we've got an unprecedented move here by Judge Chutkin regarding Trump's claims of presidential immunity in his criminal trial in D.C. Can you explain what she said here? So Brian, unprecedented is exactly the right word. This is the first time a federal court, any federal judge, has ever been asked to rule whether a president has absolute immunity from ever being prosecuted for crimes he committed while president. And in a 48-page ruling, frankly, is beautifully written. I usually don't say that. Legal opinions are generally a pretty good cure for insomnia. This one is beautifully written. (laughs) Judge Chutkin surveys all of the historical precedent. She goes back to the intent of the framers of the Constitution, she quotes George Washington at length, and she (laughs) concludes that that a president does not have immunity from being prosecuted for his crimes. It is unprecedented. It's the first legal opinion we have of its kind. And then the next question is, of course, where do we go from here? There you go. Thank you, Judge Chuckin. Practically speaking, how will this impact Donald Trump's trial in Washington, D.C.? So the reason this issue got litigated now and Judge Chutkin issued her ruling now 
It's because ordinarily, when you are a criminal defendant, you can't appeal anything until your trial has been conducted, you have been convicted, and you have been sentenced. That is when your appellate rights come into existence. There's one exception to that rule. If there is a motion that the defendant could make that, if successful, would end the case right here and right now, would result in the indictment being thrown out, it is this kind of an issue. It's an issue with respect to whether the person who has been indicted has immunity against the prosecution. Because think about it logically. If the person has immunity against being prosecuted, then that person shouldn't be forced to go through a trial and a verdict and a sentencing hearing and possibly in prison before the issue of whether the person had immunity against prosecution in the first place that's resolved. So now that it's been resolved by Judge Chutkin, by the trial court judge, Donald Trump will have a right to appeal it. And he will undoubtedly appeal it to the D.C. Federal Circuit Court of Appeals. I will put my full buck, Brian. You know, I'm not a betting man, not a high roller. One dollar <laughs> is my betting limit. I would put the full buck on the appellate court affirming Judge Chutkin's ruling. That is denying the full Donald buck. Trump's claim. He's absolutely immune from prosecution. And really the biggest question that we can't yet answer is, will the Supreme Court be interested in this issue? Donald Trump will undoubtedly try to appeal it up the Supreme Court or precisely ask the Supreme Court to review it. And again, I'm thinking the Supreme Court is not inclined to accept review of this issue, which will mean March 4th <laughs> trial date will hold and the, the election will begin on March 4th. Okay. And now what defenses does Donald Trump have now that he won't be able to pretend that he had some, you know, magical execution? And really the biggest question that we, I the will put buck. my full buck, Brian, you know, <laughs> I'm not a betting man, not a high roller, one dollar is my best <laughs> I would put the full buck on the court firm <laughs> ruling, that is denying Donald Trump's claim, his absolute <laughs> And really the biggest question that we can't yet answer is, will the Supreme Court be interested the in this full... issue? Donald Trump will undoubtedly try to appeal it up to the Supreme Court or precisely ask the Supreme Court to <laughs> review it. And again, I'm thinking the Supreme Court is not inclined to accept review. Uh, what happened? March 4 trial. Day. And again, I'm thinking the Supreme Court is not inclined to accept review of this issue, <laughs> which will mean March 4 trial date will hold, and <laughs> the, the jury selection will begin on March 4th. Okay. Yeah. Now, what defenses does Donald Trump have now that he won't be able to pretend that he had some, you know, magical force field protecting him from prosecution just because he was president? So it's interesting. The immunity claim that he raised, which has now been rejected, really isn't a defense to the crimes. In fact, Judge Chutkin makes the point that Donald Trump is not seeking to have an opportunity to defend against the offenses, the crimes that have been charged against him. He just wants a pass for them. She said, guess what? We left that system of government behind when we founded our democracy. Yay! Presidents are not kings. 
and Donald Trump will stand trial. Will stand trial for his crimes. Thank you. What kind of a defense does he have? You know, yeah. really, it, it's, um, immune, it's what bitch. I would call the reasonable doubt defense. Um, when when defendants really don't have a strong case on the facts, and they really don't have a strong case on the law, they go with reasonable doubt. What does that look like? What they try to do is taking him from prosecution just because he was president. So it's interesting. The immunity claim that he raised, which has now been rejected, really isn't a defense to the crimes. In fact, Judge Chutkin makes the point that Donald Trump is not seeking to have an opportunity to defend against the, the offenses, the crimes that have been charged against him. He just wants a pass for them. And she said, guess what? We left that system of government behind when we founded our democracy. Presidents <laughs> are not kings. And Donald Trump will stand trial, will stand trial for his crimes. What kind of a defense does he have? You know, really, it's um, it's what I would call the reasonable doubt defense. Um, when when defendants really don't have a strong case on the facts and they really don't have a strong case on the law, they go with reasonable doubt. What does that look like? What they try to do is attack the credibility of every witness. They try to attack the the credibility and the persuasiveness of every document, every piece of evidence, every record that is offered by the prosecutors to the jury to prove the defendant's guilt. And then at the end of the day, they say to the jury, you know, ladies and gentlemen, there's just so much confusion. There's so much uncertainty here that you should have a reasonable doubt about Donald Trump's guilt. That can be a viable defense. It can often be a winning defense if the government's case is not strong. But here, the prosecutor's case is extraordinarily strong. So at the end of the day, I don't believe Donald Trump has any winning defense to offer the jury. And I think he's going to be convicted by that jury so fast, it's going to make his head spin. I, I would agree. But to your exact point, I actually think that would be a very appropriate, uh, comfortable defense for Donald Trump, because that's what he and Republicans do anyway. That's very much of this Steve Bannon model of just throwing shit against the wall and, uh, and kind of muddying all the waters anyway and kind of uh, casting doubt on the reality of everything. So that at the end of the day, people don't know what's real, what's fake, what's true, what's not. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that that this really <laughs> this this is actually uh, would be very convenient for Donald Trump. Yeah, that's a great point, Brian. It's playing to Donald Trump's strong suit. Right. Just deny everything. Right. Just attack, attack, attack. Here's the thing. The rules of evidence have have something of an anti throw all the shit against the wall and see what sticks rule. OK, <laughs> I'm taking liberty. That's not actually a rule of evidence. But the point is, once these cases move into court proper, the rules of evidence govern. So here's what will happen. Every single thing that's ever come out of Donald Trump's mouth that incriminates him, the rules of evidence say that's admissible as a statement of a party opponent. And Jack Smith will admit it into evidence to prove his guilt. Everything that has ever come out of Donald Trump's mouth that is nonsense, that is BS, that's a bunch of lies and deflection and projection, guess what? It's not admissible. Donald Trump, the defendant, has absolutely no right under the rules of evidence to put any of that stuff before the jury unless, here's the only way he can do it, he can take the stand and he can spew out whatever he wants 
and then Jack Smith's uh, prosecutors will cross-examine him and will figuratively disembowel him on the witness stand. I've seen it happen before. I have cross-examined RICO defendants before. It never ends well for a testifying defendant who's a great big liar like Donald Trump is. Which explains why, by the way, he's trying to try this trial in the court of public opinion and not in the actual courtroom, because in the court of public opinion, there are no rules to govern what he can and can't say and how much bullshit he can and can't spew. And so that's why, you know, he'll go to these trials and do whatever needs to be, do, perform the perfunctory uh, actions that needs to be performed inside of the courtroom, but then beeline to the camera so that he can spew whatever bullshit he wants to spew. Glenn, if this defense that Trump was holding prior does hold up, that Trump had blanket immunity because of his role as president, wouldn't that basically just mean that Trump thinks he had carte blanche to commit any crime, that he could actually shoot someone on Fifth Avenue, and that it would be covered by this catch-all concept of presidential immunity? It looks like the Fed has just declared war on Americans again, because if they force us into a digital dollar... Uh, you're exactly right. That would be the world's worst precedent to set. If a president could commit any crime while in office, sort of content in the understanding, in the knowledge that he can never be held accountable for his crime, what would an aspiring dictator do? Line up his political opponents and imprison them or worse. Right. So, you know, let me just do this. Uh, I don't want to bore the, the viewers. But let me read just three sentences of what Judge Chutkin said to reinforce that point that you just raised. First of all, she said, by definition, the president's duty to take care that the laws be faithfully executed does not grant special latitude to violate them, which is what Donald Trump was seeking. She then went on to say, the possibility of future criminal liability might encourage the kind of sober reflection that would reinforce rather than defeat important constitutional values. If the specter of subsequent prosecution encourages a sitting president to reconsider before deciding to act with criminal intent, that is a benefit, not a defect. And let me finish with this sentence. Every president will face difficult decisions. Whether to intentionally commit a federal crime should not be one of them. Like I say, this legal opinion sings, and I recommend that everybody read it. This will be an important document, an important piece of legal analysis and writing in our nation's history. Great. And I'll, I'll include the link to that opinion in the post description of this video. So for anybody who wants to check that out, definitely make sure to check out the post description. Glenn, let's finish off with this. Uh, are we still on track, as far as you can tell, for a March... So my wife got me this weird new kitchen knife as a Christmas gift. God, I love her. At first I thought it looked like a Viking sword because it looks so... Donald Trump has any winning defense to offer the jury. And I think he's going to be convicted by that jury so fast, his it's going to make his head spin. spin. I, I would agree, but to your exact point, I actually think that would be a very appropriate, uh, comfortable defense for Donald Trump, because that's what he and Republicans do anyway. That's very much of this Steve Bannon model of just throwing shit against the wall and, uh, and kind of muddying all the waters anyway, and kind of uh, casting doubt on the reality of everything, so that at the end of the day, people don't know what's real, what's fake, what's true, what's not. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that, that this really 
this this is actually uh, would be very convenient for Donald Trump. Yeah, that's a great point, Brian. It's playing to Donald Trump's strong suit, right? Just deny everything, right? Just attack, attack, attack. Here's the thing: the rules of evidence have have something of an anti throw all the shit against the wall and see what sticks rule, okay? I'm taking liberties. That's not actually a rule of evidence. But the point is, once these cases move into court proper, the rules of evidence govern. So here's what will happen. Every single thing that's ever come out of Donald Trump's mouth that incriminates him, the rules of evidence say that's admissible as a statement of a party opponent, and Jack Smith will admit it into evidence to prove his guilt. Everything that has ever come out of Donald Trump's mouth that is nonsense, that is BS, that's a bunch of lies and deflection and projection, guess what? It's not admissible. Donald Trump, the defendant, has absolutely no right under the rules of evidence to put any of that stuff before the jury unless, here's the only way he can do it, he can take the stand and he can spew out whatever he wants and then Jack Smith's uh, prosecutors will cross-examine him and will figuratively disembowel him on the witness stand. I've seen it happen before. I have cross-examined RICO defendants before. It never ends well for a testifying defendant who's a great big liar like Donald Trump is. Which explains why, by the way, he's trying to try this trial in the court of public opinion and not in the actual courtroom, because in the court of public opinion, there are no rules to govern what he can and can't say and how much bullshit he can and can't spew. And so that's why, you know, he'll go to these trials and do whatever needs to be, do perform the perfunctory uh, actions that needs to be performed inside of the courtroom, but then beeline to the camera so that he can spew whatever bullshit he wants to spew. Glenn, if this defense that Trump was holding prior does hold up, that Trump had blanket immunity because of his role as president, wouldn't that basically just mean that Trump thinks he had carte blanche to commit any crime, that he could actually shoot someone on Fifth Avenue, and that it would be covered by this catch-all concept of presidential immunity? Brian, you're exactly right. That would be the world's worst precedent to set. If a president could commit any crime while in office, sort of content in the understanding, in the knowledge that he can never be held accountable for his crime, what would an aspiring dictator do? Line up his political opponents and imprison them or worse. Right. So, you know, let me just do this. Uh, I don't want to bore the, the viewers, but let me read just three sentences of what Judge Chutkin said to reinforce that point that you just raised. First of all, she said, by definition, the president's duty to take care that the laws be faithfully executed does not grant special latitude to violate them, which is what Donald Trump was seeking. She then went on to say, the possibility of future criminal liability might encourage the kind of sober reflection that would reinforce rather than defeat important constitutional values. If the specter of subsequent prosecution encourages a sitting president, to reconsider before deciding to act with criminal intent, that is a benefit, not a defect. And let me finish with this sentence. Every president will face difficult decisions. Whether to intentionally commit a federal crime should not be one of them. Like I say, this legal opinion sings, and I recommend that everybody read it. This will be 
an important document, an important piece of legal analysis and writing in our nation's history. Great, and I'll, I'll include the link to that opinion in the post description of this video. So for anybody who wants to check that out, definitely make sure to check out the post description. Glenn, let's finish off with this. Uh, are we still on track, as far as you can tell, for a March start date in 2024? We are. Really, the, um, the only thing that could now derail that March 4 trial date is if the Supreme Court decides to accept review, accept an appeal, and try to revisit Judge Chutkin's decision that a president is not absolutely immune, uh, absolutely immune against prosecution. If they do that, they could, one, decide the issue promptly, like within 30 days, and therefore the March 4 trial date would remain in effect. Or they could say, we need more time. We need six months to debate this before we're comfortable, you know, authoring an opinion deciding whether a president should enjoy some immunity against criminal prosecution, that would derail the march for trial date. That could have the kind of cascading effect of pushing the other trial dates and Donald Trump's other criminal cases farther down the road. I don't think the Supreme Court will do that because I've said all along that the Supreme Court has not shown an appetite to help install Donald Trump into the Oval Office for a second term, aspiring dictator that he is, because had they wanted to do that, they could have done it in the election challenge arena. I think they're going to let this one ride, and I think Donald Trump is going to trial in early March. Okay, well, obviously a lot to stay on top of here, but good news at the very least with this uh, decision by Judge Shutkin. So for anybody watching, if you want to follow along with this stuff as it continues to progress, please make sure to subscribe. The links are right here on the screen. I'm Brian Tyler Cohen. And I'm Glenn Kirshner. You're watching The Legal Breakdown. It looks like the Fed has just declared war on Americans again. Because if they force us into a digital dollar, a digital that means dollar. No we can't buy shit at yard sales.